Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be discussing populism, and this is actually one of the videos, one of the issues where I'm not even sure how you guys, my subscribers, followers, whatever you want to call it, are going to react. So, little disclaimer, while you're watching this video, please try to keep in mind what I'm actually saying, not what you think I'm saying or what you presume. I'm gonna be saying. But before we get into the show, I do wanna give you guys a quick pitch about Blaze TV, where you can find more than 20 shows by different conservative and libertarian commentators, as well as, of course, all past episodes of Pseudo Intellectual. Many of you guys have been with us for years and you've stuck with us as we've juggled different platforms who've either banned conservatives or tried to make it impossible to make money off of our work. But we finally got a fix for that, and it's Blaze TV. Here, liberal censors, angry activists can't touch us. When you support us on Blaze TV, there's no leftist advertiser or middleman who's taking a cut. It's less than eight bucks a month if you use the code Lauren to subscribe at blazetv.com, and that subscription helps our network grow its influence and reach. We really do have shows for everyone, so at the very least, please try out our 30-day free trial to see if it's something you would like to support long-term. So what exactly is populism? I mean, if we're gonna be doing an entire video about a term, we should probably start off by defining it. The thing is, populism isn't really the best defined concept. In fact, it's pretty nebulous. The dictionary defines populism as, quote, a political approach that strives to appeal to ordinary people who feel that their concerns are disregarded by established elite groups. That's a pretty open-ended explanation, but here's a more critical definition from the Encyclopedia Britannica. It defines populism as a political program or movement that champions the common person, usually by favorable contrast with the elite. Populism usually combines elements of the left and the right, opposing large businesses and financial interests, but also frequently being hostile to established socialist and labor parties. And it continues that the term populism can designate either democratic or authoritarian movements. In its most democratic form, populism seeks to defend the interest and maximize the power of ordinary citizens through reform rather than revolution. Based off of that understanding of populism, I think some of you might be wondering right now, what kind of politician wouldn't be trying to appeal to the ordinary man or common person? Does that mean that literally everybody is a populist now? And the answer to that is no, which is why I was saying that populism isn't the easiest term to define, and I actually think it's kind of like pornography in that you may not be able to explain exactly what it is, but you'll know it when you see it. One really important takeaway from the Encyclopedia Britannica article, though, is that populist movements can indeed be left-wing, right-wing, centrist, authoritarian, or democratic. For example, both Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, who are right-wing and left-wing respectively, have been referred to as populist leaders, which I think is a pretty accurate statement. You see, populism doesn't really speak to a certain set of policy goals. It's more of a method and a mentality and a general value that can be applied to a range of political ideologies. Right now, though, I think it's safe to say that right-wing populism is on the rise, specifically in places like Europe, with the prominence of people like Nigel Farage, Marine Le Pen, and Viktor Orban, among many others. So this brings us to the question of, is populism a good or bad thing? Now, obviously, that's gonna depend on who you're asking, but you have to admit, based solely on the definition, it sounds like a pretty harmless concept. Politics that appeal to the ordinary man seems like a pretty benign concept to me, but what's so interesting is that, despite an innocuous definition, populism is rarely, if 
ever portrayed as a positive thing by the media. I mean, according to The Guardian, populist uprisings could bring down liberal democracy. And here we have again populism being painted as a real threat to democracy. And it's even being called a specter by this one guy? That doesn't sound good. According to Stephen Hahn, despite the fact that nobody really calls themselves a populist, quote, populism is instead a term meant to encapsulate the rage often found among white and native-born voters across Europe and other parts of the Western Hemisphere, who regard themselves as victimized by established political institutions, the corrupt practices of politicians, and the influx of migrants from afar. Indeed, these populists appear to be united both by shared grievances and by a disposition to place the blame not on the workings of the economic system or the excesses of economic elites, but on the threats posed by immigrants to the national culture and economic well-being. In the current parlance, that is to say, populism is less a movement than a menace. Clearly populism, not for everyone, but even after reading those articles, I struggled to understand exactly what made populism so scary to the authors. I mean, should Westerners not be upset about corrupt politicians and mass migration, which they didn't vote for, but that current political institutions allowed, which now threaten their well-being and culture? I mean, how is acknowledging any of those problems because they are problems or trying to find solutions to those problems a threat to liberal democracy or the enforcement of authoritarianism. Maybe CNN can explain it to us. First Farage, then Trump did the unexpected, rode a tide of populism to electoral triumph. So how did it happen and what could come next? Anger at the establishment over immigration and the economy, bottled up since the financial crash of 2008. Trump used Farage's Brexit success to help oxygenate his own presidential campaign. Combined, they could spark a chain reaction and blow the lid off Europe's increasingly fragile 28-member union. Front National leader and presidential candidate Marine Le Pen claims Trump's victory is energizing her own populist message. If she wins the 2017 elections, should take France out of the EU. Frexit, likely collapsing the 23-year-old institution. Where to from here? In a Europe awash with uncertainty, one certainty has risen to the top. Farage and Trump have shaken up the establishment. Wow. Grainy footage exploding, beakers toppling, Jenga towers? You're right. Populism is scary. Seriously though, what I gathered from that is that populism is bad because it threatens the status quo. In Europe, populists are talking about leaving the EU, our beloved institution, and in the US, populists like Trump are talking about draining our beloved swamp. Remember friends, like I said earlier, there is nothing inherently authoritarian about populism, and anyone who says otherwise is not being honest with you. But considering that for so long the status quo in politics has been to cater to elites, there is something anti-establishment about populism. And that 
scares some people. When I first became aware of what populism really was, it was in my comparative politics class my second year of university. Now I had just left my libertarian phase and I was entering my neocon phase. Don't judge me, college is a crazy time for a lot of us, so I didn't really think much of it. But the concept came onto my radar again in 2016 when Trump entered the arena and everyone started demonizing the term and him. Since then, I've seen what we'll call the new right blossom into an arguably populist movement and I've also seen that come into conflict with the establishment right, which is decidedly not populist. Now, whether I personally consider myself a populist, that's something that I've thought about for a while. You see, I'm not a fan of majority mob rule, which I think is what a lot of people think of when they hear the term populism. Around a year ago, or maybe even more, I even made an entire video about how when it came down to the choice between pure democracy, i.e. mob majority rule, or individual rights, I choose individual rights. So for the longest time, I rejected the notion of populism because I was afraid of how it might interfere with personal liberty. But then I realized that I was playing into the exact same mindset that the media was. You see, populism doesn't have to be anti-individualism. And what is best for the whole can indeed involve the protection and enforcement of equal individual rights. Right now, establishment politics is not equal rights for all. It's one set of rules for most people, and then special rules for some people. There are so many policies and practices right now that exist solely to benefit some people to the detriment of most of us, and special interest groups reign supreme, advocating for and even implementing, yes, implementing policies that nobody voted for. This isn't democratic. Yes, this does need to be corrected, and I do believe that populism of a sort is what's needed to move people to get this done. Lauren, I thought you were a conservative. How could you call yourself a populist? My populism is not a rejection of conservatism. It's a rejection of establishment conservatism. Allow me to explain. Take immigration, for example. A conservative approach should call for border control. But look at the US, UK, and Canada. What has establishment conservatism gotten us? Tradcons claim to want to fix immigration, but they do nothing. And I don't know whether it's because they're afraid to be called racist by the media, or that the corporations who fund them want to keep getting that cheap labor, or that they don't want to upset their establishment buddies on the other side of the aisle and rock the status quo. I don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but they've done nothing. A populist immigration approach cares how immigration affects the average working person. It cares about how their job prospects and neighborhoods will be changed with immigration. A populist immigration procedure doesn't cater to the whims of special interest groups like career activists, and it also doesn't put the interests of foreign nationals ahead of its own citizens. A populist immigration procedure isn't anti-conservatism, it's effective conservatism, not this neutered establishment type we're used to. Oh, but this is anti-democratic. Majorities in the US, Canada, and Europe want stricter immigration. What's anti-democratic is allowing open borders against the wishes of your people. Oh, but it's authoritarian? Having borders around your country is no more authoritarian than having locks on your front door. Authoritarianism strips away individual rights, but it is not a right of any foreign national to enter or reside in your country. A lot of political and media elites on the left and right, frankly, don't care how immigration affects most people. They only care how it affects them. Migrants aren't going to be coming to their neighborhoods. Migrants aren't going to be taking their jobs. But you know what does concern them? Oh no, without migrants, who's going to be my nanny? 
so sad. And screw things like immigration control and, you know, the concept of state sovereignty. No, what I'm concerned about is how will this affect my vacations? And what will this mean for my overseas holiday home? Truly the plight of the common man. And look, I'm not against immigration as a concept, I just think immigration needs to be limited to when it benefits the average person in the host country. There are immigrants who are job creators, and I think we should welcome those people. For example, in Quebec, where I'm from, there is a shortage of doctors, since all the doctors that we train at our schools end up moving to the U.S. So I'm not saying we should turn away doctors or anyone else who can bring prosperity with them. I'm just saying that when it comes to immigration, Leaders need to act with their own citizens' best interests at heart, because if they don't, then who will? I understand that change in the status quo is always scary, but I really do believe that the future of politics is populism. And this doesn't need to mean the death of conservatism, but it does mean the rebranding of conservatism. For too long, the right wing has been complicit in politics being an elitist sport dominated by insider politicians and the establishment media. The interests of common, everyday people have been ignored, and they haven't known any better historically because they've only known what you wanted them to, which is not a lot. I mean, historically, think about it, politics in the West has been a pretty sweet deal. Politicians work to push their own agendas, and their lapdogs, the media, ignore all the corruption and incompetence that they should be reporting on. But it's not gonna be like that anymore. You know why? Because we're living in the age of information. So now all those ordinary, regular people who would have been ignored by the system before, guess what? Today, they have their own platforms. They have their own audiences. They have their own shows. For all its faults, social media also has its benefits. And in a world where the average person actually has a voice in the public discourse, of course politics are gonna try to cater more to the average person. And that's not a bad thing. Think about the people who have told you that we need to be afraid of this new populist wave. What do they have in common? Incumbent politicians, the mainstream media. Of course, they don't like it. They're the ones who have created the narrative and institutions and passed the policies that people are now so upset about. Of course they feel threatened, and frankly, they should. And I know some people might be thinking that I'm going too far with this us versus them, regular people versus elitist mentality. But that's accurate. That is the world that we live in. All of these politicians who have somehow become millionaires in public office, do you really think that the same rules that apply to you apply to them? These media outlets who can go and cry to YouTube about the channel of some 14-year-old girl they don't like and get it shut down, do you really think they would hesitate to silence you if you ever stepped out of line? The answer is no. And really, things have been this way for a long time, and it's only now that more people are starting to realize it. But in any case, those are some of my opinions on populism, and I would love to know what you guys think. What do you think of the current rise in populism, and what do you think is responsible for it? As always, let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.